Ephesians chapter 4, our one another series. We've said that there are a number of one another's in the Bible, and some of them, many of them, fall under love one another, and and that's the, the general umbrella, and part of loving one another is being kind to one another and various things. And one of them that we're looking at tonight falls under the aspect of this is involved in loving one another. Notice Ephesians 4 verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. Here's what we're looking at tonight. Forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Forbearing one another in love. The word forbear, to put up with, to bear with, to endure, to suffer, to restrain. And as you get in and look at this word, it's like, okay, to put up with, to bear with, to endure. And then they add this to restrain aspect. How does all, how does all this fit together? But it carries the sense of restraining to hold oneself back. To refrain and, and literally to refrain from the enforcement of something. It suggests, um, whatever comes at you, holding self back from reacting to it. Our four rules of communication. Act, don't react involves forbearing. And and I find it interesting from this this same chapter, those come. But he's saying here, writing to this local church, he says, in lowliness and meekness, in humility and long suffering, I want you to be forbearing of one another. When a similar word is used in the Hebrew, it means to keep silent or to be still, to stop or leave off something, to withhold or to spare another. It's interesting in our study in James, I think one of the things that has um, pierced our hearts is is this aspect, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. All of that is involved in having a forbearing spirit. In slow to speak, there might be something here that that I need to give them my two cents worth. We have enough debt that we don't need to be given two cents worth to anybody. And a piece of our mind, save your mind, you know what I'm saying? And this aspect of, of forbearing 
It's controlling oneself in particular when provoked or offended. You look at some of the synonyms that come along with forbearing. Um, one is leniency. Leniency doesn't mean you allow anything to go on. A more strict definition of leniency means that you don't give the full punishment for something. You still exact justice, but it's not as harsh as it could be. There's grace and mercy. I mean, this forbearing and these we've looked at, be kind to one another, they all dovetail with the principles and the character of God. And think about it, the character of God. How forbearing is the character of God? And we are to be Christ-like. We are to be like God. I mean, there would be none of us alive tonight if it weren't for the forbearing mercies of God in our life. And and we need to come to grips with that and and to say, God, thank you that you have not dealt with me according to my iniquities. It means to, to stretch out and prolong like you prolong or draw out someone's period of grace. I mean, have you ever forgotten to pay your water bill and it's like, oh no. And they say, oh, you call them and they say, oh, we've got a grace period. And you say, ah, thank you. You know, every one of us loves to receive grace. I mean, that's always welcome. And and what he's really saying is, um, draw out this reality of grace in your life. Show a little grace and be forbearing as God is. We said another aspect means to restrain. You hold in what you may feel like doing. Boy, you run into a lot of those things, right? Forbearing. And, and immediately we, we may feel like doing this. You know, someone's kind of curt with you on the phone or in business and, and you think, wait a minute, you know, and, but a forbearing spirit, We restrain what we may naturally feel like doing. 1 Corinthians 13, of course, the love chapter, it says, Love bears all things. Forbearance is a vital part of agape love. Putting it down where the rubber meets the road, Forbearance means we stick with people in spite of their annoying habits, stupid mistakes, personality quirks, and differences of opinion. And don't we all have quirks and differences of opinion 
and annoying habits, and we've all made stupid mistakes. And yet, to be forbearing, that's manifested in genuine love. So how can I, you may be saying, some of these things just drive me nuts and and I just can't get over it. How can I learn to forbear? Uh, Number one, talk only to God about it. You may, you may be ready to give them first thing, talk to God about it. Not after you've talked to other people. Boy, you see them, they are as weird as can be and you see what they did or whatever. No. Talk to God about it. God, this is, this is driving me nuts. It's amazing when we begin and go to God about it. The difference that it, that it makes. And this is, this is of utmost importance in a local church. This is in Ephesians. He's writing to a, just like us, a group of believers. And, and we're all different. And, you know, all of these one another things, it's, God's really trying to do a work in us here. I mean, all these one another things have a general theme in them, and it's it's like we really need to learn to love one another. And there are certain people that they have more quirks than you can handle. Well, first of all, talk to God about it. Secondly, realize that person is important to God. Must be. He, he created them and put them here. Sanctity of life does not just limit itself to being pro-life against abortion. Sanctity of life is saying every life is created by God and designed by God and that person is important to God. And realizing that. It, it's easy for us to to come to conclusions and jump to conclusions. Um, I don't care all the outward markings that a person has. God still sees that person as valuable to him. He created him or her. And they may, may be totally messed up as, as far as all the things of life. But God, it's not like He loves you and me more than He loves them. He loves everybody the same. And realize that import, that person is important to God. Realize, thirdly, that God is not finished with them. Or with you. That little kid song years ago, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took six days to make the moon and the stars and something, Jupiter and Mars. 
but he's still working on me. Aren't you glad God's still working on you? I mean, first thing I got up this morning, the Spirit of God prompted my heart and started working on me, and I said, God, thank you that you're working on me. I mean, if you get where he's not working on you, you're in bad shape. And understand, that person or people, God's still at work in their life, and God's still at work in your life, and he's using them to do something in your life. And have forbearance. It's not a finished product yet. And rest in the fact, hey, God's still working on them. Some of you may know, Clint has been working on carving a big eagle. Is it about, what's the wingspan? About like this? Now, he's put a lot of work into that, and you go see it now or see a picture of it, and... You can say, wow, that is incredible. But if you showed up the first few weeks or months and saw this chunk of wood that he's working on, you'd think, what in the world are you doing? And Clint would say, I'm still working on it. And there's, there's a lot of chunks of wood around. I didn't say blockheads, all right? I said chunks of wood. And we all are. And thankfully, God is still working on us, and He's not finished with them, so understand that. And God is forbearing with them, and He's forbearing with us, so let's be on God's side and be forbearing and rest in the fact, thank you, Lord, that... You're not finished with me or with them. Number four, think on the good. See, it's so easy for us to think on the bad. Oh, they do this, they do that. And that is such a dangerous place to get. When in any relationship of yours, when all you're noticing is the bad, you're in bad ways then. It's it's going down. The the relationship is going the wrong direction. And again, the Philippians 4 8 test. Think on these things. Okay, what is there good that I can think on here? And thank God for. And to to bring ourselves to that, to be forbearing in that. Number five, ask God what you can learn from this. Okay? You put me in the same church as this person. Um, what can I learn from this situation? What can I learn from this um, relationship? God, what are you trying to teach me? You're still at work in me. See, it's easy for us to think, well, God needs to change him and do that. No, God, what are You have put them in my life for a reason. What are you trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? And then to ask God, God, what can I do to help? 
What can I do to help them, to be a blessing to them, to help this situation? How can I be a help and a blessing? And then, lastly, to trust God to take care of it. God, I'm trusting you to work in them, to work in me. And I'm asking you to help me not to be impatient, not to um, be short, but to be forbearing, to be enduring. It's not just, okay, God, teach me so that you can remove them from my life or remove their idiosyncrasies from my life. There may be things that we just need to learn to endure and to know that as long as God wants you to endure it, there's good that will come out of it. But there are things that we should not endure. And that would be blatant, rebellious sin. It's not just... Oh, okay, everything's good. So, we need to ask ourselves, is this sin because of ignorance? They just don't know? Then we need to find a way to teach them. Is this sin because a lack of power that They know to do good, but they don't do it, as Romans 7 says. They're just not getting it done. Then we need to pray for the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to to fill their lives that they're and to join together, come alongside and and help them. Is the sin because of apathy? They just don't care then there does need to be rebuke. And if the sin is because of blatant rebellion, there needs to be confrontation, discipline, in order to restore. Now, this forbearance, this extending long periods of grace and mercy is very, very important for us to realize and understand why does God want us to be forbearing? We mentioned already, number one, to be Christ-like. And, and that alone should prompt us to have forbearance, to be forbearing one to another. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. There are, there are a number of passages, and, and we're not taking the time tonight to, to look at all of these, but Galatians 3, verse 12 through 17. If you're looking for a passage of Scripture to meditate on in regard to this whole one another aspect, Galatians 3, 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. And then he starts showing the mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, 
forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word, the patch verse. If you know this, say it together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and with all wisdom. Yep, sorry, I missed that. Teaching and admonishing one another in... in Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And then what do you say? There you go, okay. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by him. Right there, he puts all together. But in the middle of it, forbearing one another... Extending mercy, bearing with their weaknesses and, and their difficulties. Bearing with them and forgiving them just like Christ, for God's sake, hath forgiven you. I mean, you think about that. To be like Christ, that's our model. And it should be that we embrace a forbearing spirit, not bringing the the letter of the law down on it to minister grace. And you notice what it said here in Colossians, and above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Forbearance is necessary to keep the unity of the body. As a team... You forbear for the common goal of winning. As Christians, when we do not forbear one another, we are shooting ourselves in the foot, only hurting the cause of Christ. Honestly, the greatest enemy of Christianity isn't secularism, it isn't atheism, it isn't Islam. It is bad Christianity. We are our own worst enemy. And when we truly learn to love one another as God loves us, they will know we are Christians by our love. And and we, we need to fight these other things, but the reality is... They're not the problem. The problem is our greatest enemy throughout the the ages has been bad Christianity. When you see disunity, when you see scattering, you can be sure that someone has thrown out forbearance 
and love and humility. I don't care if it's in a home, in a family, in a church. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The word moderation has been translated gentleness. It's also been translated forbearance. Let your forbearance be known unto all men. Let your graciousness be known unto all men. Let it shine. Why? And Paul tells us why. Because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is right there watching. And we receive all this grace, this forbearance of God. And then He sees us and He wants to see that it's made a difference in our life. That we're willing to be patient toward others. See... When you really get into it, Scripture defines holiness in large part by our willingness and ability to gracefully bear the lack of holiness in others. And many times we have not much grace and not much forbearance in a lack of holiness that they may be at a different stage and we think we get puffed up in thinking, well, I wouldn't do that. True biblical holiness, look at Christ's life, was the ability to gracefully bear the lack of holiness in others for the purpose of helping them To know the grace of God. Our attitude ought to be, if I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of grace. I want to be forbearing with others the way God has been forbearing with me. I read this afternoon, somebody said, everyone has a chapter they don't want read out loud. In our lives, everybody has a chapter we don't want read out loud. Aren't you glad God's not standing up and reading it out loud? Think of how forbearing He has been in your life. And think about, you know what? Just because they have this idiosyncrasy, is this a great thing for me to be forbearing? Is this something I... I can't get by when I consider how forbearing God has been to me. And in understanding, again, we didn't take time to look at all these aspects, but understanding this is a major thing that Paul keeps driving home as he writes to the churches with lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity 
of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It's not overlooking sin. It's ministering through the grace of God. Let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, I do pray that in my life I would reflect the forbearance of you. That, Lord, in my life I truly would be willing to forbear one another and forgive one another even as you have forgiven me. So, Lord, I pray that we would be part of the solution, not the problem. As individuals, as couples, as families, and as a church body. And I pray that we would grow in grace and that we would endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit through a forbearing, caring manifestation of true, godly, agape love. So, Lord, we thank you for your forbearance in our life. May you continue to pursue us and purify us. I thank you that you're not done working on us. And, Lord, may we reflect your heart in each relationship we have. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.